and I don't mean to be taking any more time. We were talking about ring a while ago. And my mind went back to in the 80s when I was falling, we painted cotton on my grandmama's farm off a happy home road. Dry year kind of like this year. We planted and some of it come up. The majority of it didn't come up. And my memory serves me correctly. We planted it sometime the first half of May and it come up on June the 20th. The rest of the seed laid in dry ground for a month. That's in the natural. But there's some people here that a seed was planted. Not a month ago, but maybe years ago. And it's been laid in dry dirt all this time. I pray that the rain of the Holy Spirit will rain on that seed and germinate. Because that seed was planted for what? To grow. Not a mistake. So if that's you this morning, the altar's open. We might ask Pastor Chuck to come on for y'all, for you all, that do not know this man. He was a pastor here for um, years, well, not how many years, nine, something like nine years. Um, I believe a strategic time in the life of Happy Home Church. I believe what you're seeing today is some of the seed that was planted. Some of the equipping that took place. Yeah, and years before, not just that time, but it's been an ongoing process. And Father, walk us through the process. But <clears throat> I know you're going to um, enjoy him this morning. Um, I won't head him on the back too much. Well, it's Ed now. But we um, bless you. Glad you Thanks, Brian. Good morning. Good morning. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. And all the time. Just give me just a second so I can see who's here. Um, my church family, our church family. Uh, Wendy's been excited uh, to be down here as well. Mom was planning to be here this morning, but she woke up. Um, Mom's health, uh, it's been challenging. She's not bad off. But the past five months have been challenging for her. I do see a little bit of a, a decline. Not She still gets about, but she does experience quite a bit of pain. And she had a pain in the, she's been having a pain in the neck lately, and it's not me. Let me just clear that up. <laughs> just want to clear that up. <clears throat> and um, she said, um, I think I might be having a migraine set in, so I don't. Thank all the travel. Uh, it takes us about two hours to get here, but we get a chance to enjoy the countryside and uh, bring back memories. And uh, we could tell it was a little dry. We, we have water in Chester. We've had water. Matter of fact, it rained last night. I spent most of Friday cleaning and waxing. I had to wax my truck, John. I cleaned my truck, but anyhow, I made it rain. I said, Lord, Oh, I went to sleep last night, I looked at the radar, there's a little bitty shower, and they had to pass right over Chester. I said, Lord, you could have sent them to Petersburg. But anyhow, I was being foolish. But uh, we are delighted to be here today, and it is always a privilege to come. We bless Pastor Walter and Ms. Robin as they are serving and ministering uh, other wares today, and uh, we're delighted to be here. I do want to share with you what the Lord has put on my heart and try to share it uh, uh, quickly and 
as simply as I can, and uh, I don't have a watch with me, so somebody please tell me when it's time to, to end, or somewhere around that time. I know you probably have plans, and et cetera, et cetera. I'm kind of going to scoot this back a little bit. <clears throat> but uh, we'll be uh, citing some scripture from Acts chapter 6. If you would uh, like to turn there, I would like to encourage you to turn there so you can see the, the words that I'll be uh, reading from uh, this morning, Acts chapter 6. And uh, I do, as, um, as, as I get going, I do want to echo the words that were shared on um, concerning uh, those who uh, we are remembering this weekend, uh, our servicemen that have paid the ultimate price uh, throughout um, the history of this great nation, uh, and those families that every day they deal with it. Not just on Memorial Day, Memorial Day weekend, or Veterans Day, or whatever day that uh, this great country does choose and set aside to, to earmark that day, but um, we are so thankful for those who have um, gave, or are willing to run towards the battle. Isn't that something, ladies and gentlemen? Y'all hear me? Y'all with me this morning? Yeah. Huh? They're trained. <laughs> They're trained to run towards where the gunfire is coming from. That's some serious business. Amen, right? <laughs> we, one of the shows we watch is uh, SEAL Team. We, we kind of like that. And it just, sometimes on some of those scenes, they just get me. I'm saying, my God, my God. And the stuff those men and women had to go through, what they deal with. So we bless the veterans that are here today. I bless the veterans that are here today. Bless the United States of America. And uh, folks, we're in for something the next year and a half. I don't know if you thought about it or not, but we're in for something for the next year and a half as they campaign. That sounds like fun, isn't it? But anyhow, God help America. Anyhow, that really doesn't have a whole lot to do. Well, somewhat. The, uh, there's a gentleman I want to talk to you about today that gave it all as well. In the book of Acts, chapter 6, we kind of, there's a little discourse of history, of an issue that was solved in the beginning of chapter 6, but then we are introduced to a gentleman. I guess some, some streams of faith today refer to him as Saint Stephen. Uh, I refer to him as Stephen, and I uh, would like to um, talk to you about his life a little bit, his, his story, his testimony, and connected with this question that I've been uh, thinking about for a while now, and uh, here's kind of where I want to try to launch into. I did a little bit of research this morning, some additional research. I believe, according to Google, Stephen was 29 when he was killed. 29 years old. That's kind of, that's rather young. And the best that I could um, take is that it's about three years, three or so years, give or take a little bit, that Stephen was killed or murdered. He was the first martyr in the New Testament church after the crucifixion. Let me rephrase that, after the resurrection. So that kind of gives us a little bit of context. Uh, so, and here's the question I, I settled up to kind of help with this questionnaire. After the fact that Jesus died and was raised from the grave, what impact does that have on my life today? I'm going to deal with that a little bit, okay? After the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead, Anybody like to say amen to that? Amen. What impact does that have on my life today? <laughs> this question that was stirred in me because I know that many of the churches that Happy Home is in network with, Redemption Ministries, put a lot of effort, a lot of resource, a lot of time, a lot of money into preparing for Easter, which was just, I think, Get it right, 35 or 36 days ago. Okay? Let me kind of just throw this little sidebar in there. The Bible tells us that Jesus walked the earth for 40 days. 
So if we take and reflect go back 2,000 years ago, Jesus was still walking the earth in the resurrected form. Now, as a preacher, that's where my mind goes. It's just, just how I think. Because what God does on his calendar is very important. Amen. Right? So Jesus still, if you will, because he walked the earth for 40 days after he was resurrected. <clears throat> and so my mind is thinking about that. And, and Easter is what is known as one of the largest church attendance days uh, and during the year. And it's proper, I believe, to give attention to that because it's a great opportunity to tell people the story of Jesus, his life, his death, his burial, the resurrection, what that means, and also the why. The why of the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus is a fact, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for the one amen. Now, is this important? And Lord, please help me to get to my message. There are many people, still people, there are streams of faith, there are religions that do not believe that Jesus is alive. We're living in a world, we're living in a culture, we're living in a climate that more people are not willing to accept that Jesus is alive. It is essential, it is the main point of Christianity. That's why we have Christianity. So I, I stand here today to remind you or either to inform you or to stir you that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is indeed a fact. It is a truth that no one should ever try to change our minds on. Jesus is the divine Son of God. Amen. I know I'm in rural North Carolina. I know we're in the Bible Belt. But I feel that it's so important that that be said and be declared today so that you might have the unction to function and share that Jesus is a divine Son of God. And that truth will never be changed whether we believe it or not. Whether other people believe it or not, bless his name as we sung about it today, this is an absolute truth. Now, making that statement there even can take us down a road and give us time to kind of explain because we're living in a day and an hour and a time and in a culture to where people don't believe in absolute truths. This is where we are at. People today will believe and they will fight you, they will argue with you, let me use another word, argue with you that there are no absolute truths. And that may even say, there is no such thing as an absolute truth. However, if you look at that, if that was true, then that would be absolute. Just a little stuff that we kind of messed up, I think. Jesus is the divine Son of God. This is an absolute truth. Culture, geography, or opinions cannot change the fact that Jesus is alive. However, having an awareness or knowledge of the resurrection of Jesus may not impact our lives the way that God has purposed. So, what difference then, or what change, should the resurrection make on our lives after the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead? Let me ask this question. Can we look to the scriptures can we look to the scriptures to find the impact that the resurrection made on the lives of individuals in the early church? I know I'm asking a lot of questions. I want to pause so you can catch up if you're thinking or processing. Can we look to the scriptures? And if so, and if so, how does that transfer to you and me today? The impact of the resurrection. Let me ask this question here. Another one as I'm trying to kind of form set a foundation here. <clears throat> Should the impact of the resurrection of Jesus have the same effect today as it did on the early church? I want to ask that again. I don't know if you thought about it a little bit. Now, it's 30 some days ago, 35 days ago. It's in maybe a lifetime, perhaps, if, if you're as busy as, as everyone else is. And that, and that it's just, you know, Easter has been, well, now 
We look to Mother's Day and now Father's Day is coming. Graduations are here and congratulations to the Miles family for that great, great accomplishment. And Miss Rebecca uh, graduated as well. That's pretty cool too. All right, back to my notes. <clears throat> um, should the impact of the resurrection of Jesus have the same effect on believers today, on people today as it did in the early church? Um, as we consider this, I want us to keep in mind that the church is people. So I'm not talking or going to be dealing with things on an institutional or organizational level. I hope to be talking and making impact on the personal level. Okay? And I want to say this here before I move forward because it's, it's, I think it will help you understand uh, my premise today. I do believe that the resurrection of Jesus should have the same effect on people today as it did on the people of the early church. If people are searching for God today, those of who are searching, and I, I am going to assume 100% that if you're in this building, in this sanctuary this morning, you are searching for God one way or the other. And therefore, I want to make this statement. The, the resurrection should have the same impact on every single one of us as it did on those in the early church. That's my premise. That's, that's my thought. Somebody would argue that a little bit and say, hey, I don't think so, Pastor Chuck, because that happened so long ago and that the effect is worn off. Has the effect worn off? Don't, don't raise your hand. Don't answer that question yet. That's a loaded question. That's a loaded question. Is that okay? Pass loaded questions? Preachers do this sometimes. Or perhaps we could look at it another way that since we have a better understanding today of things, since we have a better understanding, maybe we're a little more wiser and we're a little more sophisticated and we have more resources at our disposal, should the impact of the resurrection have a greater impact? Interesting question, right? I think so. So what I'd like for us to do, we're going to look at the scriptures kind of briefly, kind of skip, try to skip a little bit this morning along. If we were to look at the scriptures to find the impact of the resurrection on the early church, as I said, I do believe that we can. That's why the book of Acts is written. This is the reason that the book of Acts was written, the impact of the resurrection of Jesus on the church, the early church. As we look at it, I believe we're going to find some interesting things, and, and very possibly this morning, you may be challenged a little bit, but hopefully in a healthy way, in a holy way, you may be, you may be challenged. <clears throat> now, to be fair, the resurrection, if we, if we take a look at it and skip to the book of Acts or look at the history of the church, the resurrection impacted people differently. Initially, the apostles, they doubted. The impact of the resurrection, right? Some of them down. <laughs> the impact of the resurrection, they hid inside of rooms. Come on now, folks. They hid themselves. They were afraid. Others, um, <clears throat> um, it affected differently, but by the time, mainly after the day of Pentecost, was extremely important. We see what I believe is the intended difference that the resurrection can make in our lives. Now, there are many, many, many stories uh, that, of impact that we can pull from here. But as I said, I want to talk about Stephen, the testimony of Stephen, his testimony. And we're going to read some scripture here in just a moment. But his testimony has been stirring in my heart and in my spirit for a few weeks now. And I pulled together a few thoughts, and we will see a man whose life was greatly impacted by the resurrection of Jesus. Starting at verse 8, I just want to read a few scriptures. Uh, we're introduced to Stephen here, he said, and it says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, <laughs> did great wonders and miracles among the people. <clears throat> For the sake of time, 
he was just going to say having conversations. I just don't want to say arguing, but uh, they were certainly they were not enjoying what he was saying because of his testimony, and it kind of stirred up a bunch of people in verse 12. And then they came and got him, and they took him before the council, which is the silent Sanhedrin, and they began to say false things about him. I'm in verse 13, okay, and they declare, they're saying, this man here ceases not to speak blasphemous words. I'm still in verse 13, I'm back 6, against this holy place and the law. Verse 14, for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the custom which Moses delivered us. Verse 15. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Now, flipping over to chapter 7, the end of this story here of Stephen, chapter 7 of Acts, verse 51. These are the last words of Stephen. Okay, it's going to get a little strong here. All right? Stephen is kind of given, has given his defense throughout the chapter 7. They've asked him, are you blaspheming God? His face begins to shine and he speaks. We get to this last part. These are his last words. <clears throat> you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in uh, heart and ears. Now, that's kind of strong language, is it not? It really is. That, that is... Um, how you would say it, those are inflammatory words. <laughs> that rises up emotions in people. But this is, this is his, his final words. He says, you always, do you always resist the Holy Ghost? As your fathers did. So not only is he talking about them, he's talking about their families, right? And, and fuel to the fire. Verse 52 which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? They have slain them, but showed before of the coming of the just one, meaning Jesus, of whom you have been now the betrayers and murderers. So he's calling them murderers. Okay. If you ever watch any of those shows that people are on the stand and they're trying to testify and they're trying to witness, they really try to encourage those people not to say things that will inflame and uh, accuse the, the jury, right? Well, Stephen, he's, he's in a different mode right here. It's very different. Verse 54. Naturally, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. I think that meaning says that they were saying more things about him. I, I did look that up. But I don't think they actually went to the video. They were saying things about him. First, verse 55, but he, and I love this, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, my God, and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing, what a verse, right? And Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, and they stopped their ears, and they ran on him with one accord, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul, who had become Paul. Verse 59, And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. His prayer doesn't stop there, verse 60. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. That's amazing, is it not? That is amazing. In Acts chapter 6, verse 8, we are introduced to Stephen and the scriptures say, Acts says that Stephen was full of faith. Full of faith. He was full. I looked it up this morning, the word in the Greek, and that word means 
that he had conviction that Jesus was able to save him. That's what full of faith. Now another commentary says that in the older manuscripts, before we get to where we get the New Testament from, that the word read grace, that he was full of grace. The impact of the resurrection, being able to look at an individual's life, being able to look at a man's life, a woman's life, and say, that person is full of grace. I asked us this morning, could, it, could that be? Can that be? If I made you allow me to get on a, on a, out here on a limb a little bit, you probably heard that some when people, some people talk about some people that tell they say that they're full of something, but it's not grace, right? <laughs> I hope we can appreciate the contrast right here. Wouldn't it be something for someone to say, "Yeah, that person's full of grace, full of faith." <laughs> full of, I think God here, full of power. The impact of the resurrection, if you can hear what I'm saying in a short time this morning. And he did signs and wonders among the people. Praise the Lord, Jesus. Yes. Brother Winston, I still believe in that. I believe that the impact of the let me calm down a second. Of the resurrection, that signs and wonders are to take place. I played a little video for my wife this morning on the way here. I, I shared it on my, on my Facebook, and, and this lady, she just stirred, she just stirred, stirred me up. She says, with all the Christian music, and I'm quoting, paraphrasing, with all the Christian music that we have today, with all the Christian teaching that we have today all around the world, why do people come to church every, every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, and still are in bound and bondage? Do you understand? Does anybody understand what I'm saying here? We all of us have needs this morning. Every single one of us in here, we have a need. We have a want. We need the Spirit of God to free our hearts. That's right, Pastor. <laughs> Pastor Walter's not here, but that's still right. Every heart in here longs to be free. That's how God created us. And it takes, it doesn't. Gifts will not get us there, as she says. She said, that, she said, we don't need gifted people. We need people that are anointed. I said, my God, that young lady, man, she was just, she was tearing it up. It just, it stirred in me because so, so, so often we, we, we can maybe rely upon our acquired skills and the talents that we have, but acquired skills and talents will not release the anointings of God that will break the yokes. They're on our lives even here this morning where we will come in one way and we'll leave the same way. Is anybody hearing what I'm trying to say this morning? The impact of the resurrection, oh, well, that happened 2,000 years ago in Pastor Chuck. This is the way it is today, but not for Stephen. Let me move on. I'm getting, I got hung up there. He was full of faith. He was full of power. He had the testimony to the reception of the promise of God, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was full of divine energy. The favor of God was on his life, and God used him to perform miracles and wonders. And here's my takeaway right here. Stephen was all in. Stephen was all in to what God had for him. Good morning, church. Stephen was all in. So let me, he was fully committed. There was nothing holding him back to being a witness for God. And sometimes, sometimes over the past year, I've wondered myself, am I all in? Am I, Chuck Davis, am I all in? You see, I'm busier today than I have ever been. But that, that, that doesn't necessarily mean or equate to being all in. Sometimes I ask myself, please follow with me, I'm trying to hurry along. Sometimes I ask myself, well, Chuck, what's holding you back? Is that okay, Brother John? 
Ms. Tammy. What's holding you back? Sorry, Brother Murray. I'm going this way. What's holding you back? We could probably stop right there. Nathan, what's holding you back? McCann, what's holding you back? Something's holding us back. I know I'm being presumptuous. Something's holding us back. Why do you say that, Pastor Chuck? What about the signs and the wonders and the miracles? <coughs> hmm? Being all in. I, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, does the church even remember or even know what it means to be all in? Good morning. Is that okay? We're so, some of us are so busy. Josh was at the office on Thursday, right? Thursday? I mean, it, it, it's just all that I, I part with the job that God has given me, I just, one thing after the other, one thing after the one thing after the other. Solving one problem after the other, putting out one fire after the other. It, it's just, and then I come home and then I have a whole other set of duties, taking care of my wife and, and my mother. Just one thing after the other. Business will keep us from being all in. Stephen was all in. He was full. He listen, folks. Let's not let's not let it go. He was full of faith. I have faith to believe you for the rain to fall. The rain's coming. We know it's, we know it's coming. But God just so happens to want to work a bunch of things in our lives until that rain comes. That's a whole other story. Come on, Lord Jesus. Let me let me go let me go let me go let me. And uh, said that here's what I think Jesus gave it all. He didn't hold anything back. Jesus paid it all. Right? All to him I owe. Right? I'm going to old school on you. <laughs> Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Isn't it beautiful? Oh <laughs> my God. Jesus didn't hold nothing back, did he not? Nevertheless, he said, <clears throat> not my will, but thine will be done. My God, my God, my God. Jesus gave it all. He gave us all so that you and I can have his all. And this arrests my attention. This, is, this caused me to ponder and say, what should my response be? <laughs> my response Is my response to participate or to commit? Thank God somebody say, mm, so I'll say it again. Is our response to participate in what Jesus is doing or to commit? I like what Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 says. And whatsoever you do. Right? This is Paul writing to the Colossians. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. And everything that we do with all of our hearts. You see, I believe if we give all of our heart to serving the Lord Jesus Christ, that's where we're vulnerable, that's where we're a little let we are more out of control, and that's where the anointing will rest. And it's the anointing that we need to function in our midst and in our families, in our churches, in the marketplace, so that people can be saved. Sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, set free and healed. Whatever they need, it comes from the anointing of God. Can we give God some praise right there, folks? Come on, somebody worship with me today. I need to move on. All right. As we as we put our whole heart into something, I believe we position ourselves to witness the grace of God to do much more than we can do in our strength. Why? Because we're not holding back. Point two. The impact of the resurrection in Stephen's life also stirred up conflict. I gotta, I gotta be quick. Stephen is arrested because some of the leaders in the synagogue taught, thought that he had blasphemed God and Moses. Now, if you read the book of Acts, I think it's very interesting. You'll find, try to look at this lens. Look at the, the level of conflict. The level of conflict the early church experienced in the liberal course of us. There was conflict among the disciples, 
That was conflict between the disciples and the elders. That was conflict between the disciples and Sanhedrin. And even just a Paul and Barnabas, two Holy Ghost Spirit-filled men arguing to the point that it's, the Bible says they got so contentious they couldn't stand to be with one another. Yeah. It's in the scriptures. Conflict. What's the takeaway here? Uh, here's my takeaway. The world does not embrace the resurrection. The world does not embrace the resurrection. If you and I embrace the resurrection, there will come a time that the world will not embrace us. Good morning. It's 12.06 already. All right. Perhaps deep down, ladies and gentlemen, we hope that we can live for Jesus and not be marginalized by the world. Maybe, perhaps, maybe, perhaps, maybe, maybe, perhaps. And I understand that because we want to fit in. I get that. However, I want to share with us this morning that Jesus came to call us out of a world that is lost and dying. And in fact, the kingdom of God, listen, listen, folks, and I can't go into this. Pastor Chuck Crocker has been nailing this for, for months now. The kingdom of God is, is, is to resist the systems of this world. Serving God, we are called to resist this world. Back I'm here to mm -hmm. I would love to spend so much time there. Big company. But I don't know that we're doing that. I wonder if we're doing that. I wonder if the impact of the resurrection as it has that type of effect on our life that we are resisting what we see in taking place in the world. That we have a voice and say, I don't believe that's God's best. Hello. Good morning, everyone. No, it's afternoon now. Excuse me. Good afternoon, everyone. That we resist the world. That's what Stephen was doing here. Let me try to move forward. Let me try to move Now, please no, please no. I'm not talking about resisting the way in a militant way or by secluding ourselves from people, but by doing this, but by praying that we enter not into temptation. I'm going to use the words of Jesus. By loving our enemies. Hey, thank you, Brother Curse. Hey, amen. Right? By blessing those who curse us, right? These are Jesus' words. By doing good to those that hate us. Pray for those that persecute us. Wait a minute, Pastor. I, I, wait, I don't know about that. Point three. The impact of the resurrection of Stephen's life made him a shining light. I so like this. That's quite a statement, isn't it? I would like to have take the time to go into that, but um, here's let me just give you a takeaway here. <clears throat> Stephen's communion with God was so close that when he was being blessed, he was being he had been taken by a mob. It was unlawful. A mob came and got him. That sounds like fun, right? Reminds you of somebody else, perhaps? Jesus. Stephen was taken by a mob. It was out of order, unlawful. They grabbed him. They were saying false things about him. And then he stands there and his face begins to shine. Here's the thought I had. Wouldn't it be kind of neat that we walk into the marketplace and our face starts shining? Wouldn't that be interesting? Why? This, this, this part about our face shining, his face shining meant, God, this guy's innocent. He was telling the Sanhedrin, this guy is innocent. You're saying that he's blaspheming me and Moses, but that God just allowed his face to shine for some reason. And to me, I think he probably got a, a smile on his face like this. <laughs> Try it sometime. Try smiling. Praise I miss, I'm not just a meddler, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm serious. When you get over to Walmart or wherever you're going to be, just, just go into the room. I'm confident that God is with me. I'm confident that God, my relationship with God is so awesome. He loves me. He's with me. There's somebody in here that's going to see me shining. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote down, we might not be able to shine for everybody, but we can shine for somebody. Huh? Tweet that one or whatever. <laughs> huh? His face shine. I mean, just, just kind of walking. I was in Dollar Tree to buy some cards the other day, and I knew what I was going on. I was trying to put the message together, and I just started smiling. I, 
I saw people look at me and I wore my shirt yesterday. I had two white drumsticks and a drum set fade in the back to stick with Jesus. Oh, as we were out shopping yesterday, I kind of wore that and I just kind of started smiling at people. And uh, you know, getting stared at sometimes is uncomfortable, right? But did not Jesus say, you are the light of the world? The impact of the resurrection. And lastly, number four, as I heard, I know people want to roll. The impact of the resurrection in Stephen's life made him like his savior. They stoned Stephen. He didn't. I don't know that he played dodgeball. Oh, misery caught me. I don't, I don't know that that happened. Okay? They stoned Stephen, and what is he doing? He's calling upon God. Lord Jesus. The awareness that Stephen had amazes me. I think I wrote that here. Lord, receive my spirit. The last words of Jesus, we see convincing evidence of the impact of the resurrection. The transforming power of the love of Christ on the human heart. I like to say that again because I don't want any one of us, anybody to miss this. The impact of the resurrection is the transforming power of the love of Christ on the human heart. The human heart, the Bible says, is wicked. We don't like hearing that, but that's the truth. Our hearts are wicked. That's why we need Jesus. Leave us, put us in a room with somebody else, right? Let's make it, let's, let's, I'll, I'll adult this. Let's put us in a room with two adults with $100,000 in. And let's see what happens. Just a little example. Stephen is being murdered, yet he has the awareness, the desire, and compassion to pray for those who are killing him for his testimony. Please hear those words this morning. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to a little punchline here. They were killing him. Was it injustice? Yes. Was it wrong? Yes. Was it painful? Yes. But he prayed as Jesus prayed. I'm beginning to close. He prayed as Jesus prayed. Ms. Joyce, do you mind coming to the keys and playing something a little soft and pretty? Well, nice. Complimentary. He prayed as Jesus prayed. And so I ask us here, just last as we land, should not the resurrection impact us the same way? Is there, is there anybody in here today that maybe needs to let that person go? That hurt you yesterday, last month, or an event where it just humiliated you, it affected you, it, 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 it bound you up, it imprisoned you. Maybe there's somebody here today that, that would be willing to allow the resurrection of Jesus Christ to help you like it helped Stephen and being able to say, Lord, don't lay that sin on their charge. I'm letting go. Can y'all feel the gravity of this? Are y'all understanding kind of like what's going on here? I know we're human beings. I can go through the day and what I do, walking around preachers and leaders and tending to bishop and misled. Lord Jesus. And a thought will come in my mind of a painful experience that happened in my life years ago. And, and if I ain't careful, I'll start thinking about it and I'll start to feel bad. I may even start getting angry. Chuck, you need to let that go. And if I can't let it go, then the resurrection has an impact in my life. It's got its purpose into me. I'm wondering if I'm helping anybody this morning. I'm wondering if I'm helping anybody this morning. The fact that Jesus rose from the grave is real. <laughs> 
And as I read the, the book of Acts, this moment greatly impacted the lives of many people. Lives were changed. People were healed. The dead were raised back to life. And the gospel was preached to the known world. How about us today? How is the resurrection impacting your life today? Would everybody stand with me, please? In Jesus' name, hallelujah. I would like to encourage everybody in this building this morning, and if folks are back there, family members you're getting ready to see throughout this day and hopefully the rest of your life. I want to... I want to encourage you to not let anything hold you back. Let's be real just for a few moments. Don't let anything hold you back. That doesn't mean you're round. That's not meaning to be rounding. That doesn't mean to be unlawful. Don't let your past hold you back. Those are strong. Those are, those are significant words. The trajectory of my life changed almost a year ago. Within a week. I thought I was heading in one direction. And God just totally changed all that. It's, it took me about six months to get over it. So from there, I kind of kind of speaking today. I want to encourage you, don't let anything hold you back. Be all in. Don't play the hokey pokey. I know I dated myself there. Now we're supposed to right foot in. It's right foot out. I'm encouraging us to be all in today. Come on, come on church. Let's be all in. Yes, Brother Curtis. I'm, I'm you in. Bless the name of the Lord. I want to encourage you to have a, such a relationship with God that your face will shine. Jesus, that your face will shine. Glow in the dark, right? Hallelujah. For the honor and glory of God. What's the last thing I got here? Come on, thing. My thing's not working right here. Technology is wonderful. Oh, yeah, here we go. And I want to encourage everybody, everybody in here, to be merciful. To be merciful. Somebody say merciful. What the world needs now, old song, older song, mercy. Come on, somebody. Mercy. I know, I know, it's, I know it's troubling. It's been troubling. I know it's ugly. Won't write. Da, 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 da. Greater is He that is in me. Greater is He. Greater is Jesus Christ. Right? God is greater than any moment that we have ever lived in or will live in. Bless this wonderful name. To be merciful. Mention in this message, if you think about it, if you wrote notes or if you think about it, and I know Pastor Walser asked me to write some questions, you will get the questions next week, I guess, whenever for your life groups. But that thing challenged me. When they were stoning Stephen, and Stephen said, God, out of his last breath, he said, God, lay not this charge to them, lay not this sin. They're doing wrong, but don't lay it against them. All for church. To be able to be merciful at that level, I believe it will touch people's hearts. And I pray to God today that the anointing of God, I pray today, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we have took a small glimpse at Stephen's life. And Lord, we, we're sure that he was all in. Father, I pray that whatever may be holding us back today individually and as your church. God, that we will not let anything hold us back, that we will have the courage. We will have that blessed assurance that you are with us no matter what we are going through. Hear me, hear me, church. Hear me, happy home. However long it takes for it to rain, God is still with you. Yeah. 
However the long pain stays in your body, God is still with you. No matter how long that relationship is fractured, God is still with you. Look to Him. Please, God, I'm all in. God hears my life, committed to your purpose. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus, God, call, help us, oh, Lord, help us today to be merciful to, to one another. I pray this in Jesus' name. Now, if you are here as we are praying and as we are closing, I don't know how the resurrection of Jesus has impacted your life, but if somehow, someway, the Spirit of the Lord has touched your heart and touched your mind and you sense Him drawing you closer, and whether... I don't know whether you have ever asked God to forgive you of your sins and to begin that relationship with Jesus. I'm not sure where you're at with that, but in this moment here, this is a great moment for you to begin to experience the impact of the resurrection. Yes. It would be senseless for me to preach such a message like this and remind you that Jesus paid it all. He's able to wash your sin our sin away white as snow. Can someone say thank you thank to you, that? Lord. Thank you. All we have to do is say, Lord, I recognize I'm humble myself. I, I know there's sin in my life. I ask you to forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. Be my champion. Be my savior. Lord, I want all that the resurrection has, has meant for my life today in Jesus' name. I welcome that. I receive that. I receive you into my life. Change me. Change me <laughs> in Jesus' name. If you pray a prayer like that, you will be born again. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. And that's what it's all about. But if you've prayed that prayer and you've been serving the Lord, I want to encourage you today. Don't let, don't let this world hold you back. Don't let somebody else's disobedience keep you from doing what God has asked you, called you to do. I pray those words will fall on good ground on a soft heart. Father, we thank you today. We give you permission now to, to minister to our, our hearts and our lives. Time goes by so fast, Father. But thank you for the privilege and the time to share your word today. To God be the honor. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Lord, we worship you. Change us, Lord. Let us not leave this place the same way that we came. Can someone say Amen. And can we give God some praise this morning? Come on, give him a great big praise. He's worthy.